Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. 
proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Scalpel. Scalpel. Tweezers. Tweezers. Ham sandwich. Ham what? Sandwich. I was going to eat lunch when I got my oil changed earlier, but take five is so fast I didn't have time. But sir, you can't eat during surgery. Eh, one bite won't hurt. Mm. Whoops. Uh, Napkin. Napkin! At take five, your oil change is faster than you think. Take five, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia. T to the B, welcoming you to another edition, picking up the pieces on a Monday as uh, we welcome you in. That's the subject uh, line that I put on our Twitter spaces. If you want to go check us out, at Tony Basilio there, uh, you can kind of listen to the show in its raw form, which we've got a lot to talk about today. Being a Jeff Henderson, Brian Hartman, and myself did about five hours uh, after the game into the wee small hours, probably about 3.30, 3.45 a.m. on um, uh, into Sunday morning. So I want we have not talked. I have not talked to Bino. I did not call you. Bino, did I call you over the weekend, call you after the game? Have we talked? Have we texted Bino? Uh, no, Tony. It's something that we don't do. We try to kind of keep it fresh for uh, the Monday show. Well, here's my fresh take. That was a pile of garbage. That sucked. Bino, go ahead. Your thoughts. And then we'll go to the phones at 865-200-5402. And I want to give everybody an opportunity now that we've had a day and a half to reflect on what I think is a really alarming football game. Um, 
I mean, I don't think you. I don't. I think you could overreact to it. I think you could underreact to it. And and tenor of my blog was, what is the proper reaction to that? Because you have to react to what you saw. It was dreadful. Bino. Uh, Tony, I, I, uh, as you said, I got a lot of catching up to do here. Uh, I, I'm going to do it in. Uh, I'll try to do it in Cliff Notes fashion, and we can kind of fill in the specifics as we go. But give me just a second here because I got uh, a lot of ground to cover. Uh, first of all, it's uh, uh, it's Reality Monday. Um, in the understatement of the year, uh, this is not last year's team. And it's a shame that uh, uh, that many of us didn't realize that earlier. Um, uh, last year's team was the um, probably the the best, most successful, most entertaining team uh, that we've seen here in 20 years. Uh, and uh, this is a team uh, that just suffered significant losses, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And it is just a work in progress. And and at this point in time, uh, this is not a very good football team. Uh, Saturday night, unfortunately, your worst fears came to fruition uh, when our defensive and offensive line issues uh, were exposed in their first true baptism by fire football game. Uh, I thought, especially in the first half, uh, that uh, we got – physically uh, manhandled. Uh, we got out coached and and unfortunately I think we got out want to uh, down there in the first half as as well. Saw some signs in the second half, uh, a little bit more sense of urgency, but uh, too little too late. Um, and before I bemoan this Florida series as a whole, uh, there's something I need to correct, have corrected from today's blog, Tony. Um, uh, Hoosierville Ryan uh, was the one who stated that if Apple was our Spurrier, that he would win the game Saturday in Florida. Uh, I have never, nor will I ever, mention Apple and Spurrier in the same breath. Uh, if I had, or uh, I I feel like I'd be doing Hypel a, a huge disservice. Uh, Spurrier is the top five football coach in the history of this conference. Uh, we've had one of those in the program's life, uh, and even I'm not old enough to watch one of his teams play. Uh, I think that Josh Hypel is the highly competent, um, emotionally mature guy that we've needed this leading this program for over 20 years, and uh, one night in that hellhole down in Gainesville certainly didn't change that, but I do not think he's the Messiah. Um, yep. Now for uh, this series, uh, I, I think the constant one-sided nature of the Florida series is the most puzzling, frustrating thing in all of my life as a, as a sports fan. Uh, it doesn't matter who's on either sideline, who's behind either center, who has the better record, who's favored, who has the better roster. Uh, the Gators always seem to rise to the occasion, and our program always seems to wilt. Uh, 
Uh, it's a virus that's infected this program for decades, and no one seems capable of giving us more than just a brief moment of relief from it. It is just bizarre. Bizarre. Long ways to go with this football team, Tony. Long ways to go. Yeah, and, you know, Saturday I had a couple people call, and I wrote this in the blog today, and they were like, man, we were talking about you coming out of the stadium because you called it and you told us. Man, I didn't call that. Sorry. I didn't think our offensive line was going to be any good or be really good. was going to be to a level that you'd go 10-2 and or 11-1. That's what I said all summer. And, and I and I took the slings and arrows you take for being a person that does what I do that's not afraid to give their opinion. I'm used to that. I never dreamed in a million years they would look like that. And I just want to say one thing. You know, I was talking to some people yesterday. And Bino knows and Brian knows, I'll get on that phone. I'll work that phone. I'm not afraid to talk to people. I did two things yesterday. I went to the park and played music. And a couple of people there tried to engage me, and I just kind of stayed in my own little world. But, you know, does that make me a bad guy? People were trying to talk Tennessee sports to me, and I was just like, after giving my five hours on the air, I didn't say this to people, but I was just kind of uh, not really engaging like I generally am. I was just so over it yesterday. I was trying to sit out by myself and just play. Bad guy, or what's that make me? Human? I, I don't know. Uh, Tony, I don't remember ever talking to anyone um, about my job when I wasn't on it. So, no, it doesn't make you a bad guy in my eyes. Um, of course, no one would want to talk about my job, but that's beside the point. Well, and I get it, you know. But I'm just asking other people to kind of get it as well. So back to the issues on this football team. People were, look, all, all, all offseason, I just kept hearing how, what a horror show Tennessee's line was. And I was sharing that with you. And they went out and played a couple of opponents the first couple games, like Bino said, that didn't, give you, didn't really give you a true... You're not getting in the ring with somebody that's gotten a knockout punch. And Saturday night, that's exactly what happened. Plus the way they decided to play Florida and not attack them. I mean, Tim Banks, what in the world, dude? That's a horrendous, horrendous coaching job by him. Horrendous scheme. Just awful. But I do want to park on... Ollie Lane, because Ollie Lane's an interesting story in the failures of our head coach thus far. And and look, last year was incredible. But if this coach isn't careful, that's going to be his high point. It's going to be the high point if he's not careful. Here's the warning. The people I talked to yesterday reiterate to me, that the pipeline with offensive linemen is bare. In other words, they're losing four next year, and there's nobody from the first two classes that are ready to step in there and play. Nobody. 
it's so dire that they had to talk Ali Lane out of retirement in the offseason. He was done. He's been getting beat up now for five years. That's a tough deal. It's kind of a thankless deal. He's a local kid. You know he got to play some last year. It was great. And he was done. And because of their inadequacy in finding players up front, this is a staff-wide thing now. This is not a... This is not let's blame the offensive line coach. Uh Uh-uh. This falls at the head coach's feet, and I like the guy. But I am never going to get on here and worship a head football coach. Sorry. Wrong show. Wrong guy. Wrong team. Wrong town. Not going to do it. Because Ollie Lane said yes and came back, he has drawn the ire and the scorn of a bunch of people who should be focused on the head football coach and not him. I'm sorry. He happened to be on the field the other night, and that was their worst nightmare. Now, granted, an injury precipitated him being there. That is part of the narrative. As we talked about in the offseason, and we told you, when, when Cooper Mays got hurt and everybody was pretending, pretending that he was going to be on the field first, we told you, and I'm not here to say, oh, you got pass on the back. That's not what we're doing. But I'm going to tell you this. I told you all those things and warned you. I'm warning you right now. This coach better figure out a way to get some offensive linemen in here. And they better do it in the portal. And they better do it quickly. Or this guy's tenure is in trouble. Nico or no Nico. If you can't block, you don't have a chance in this league. We saw that Saturday night. And if you're starting drives first and 20, first and 15, because everybody up front's a little antsy because they know what's coming, which is what went on the other night. You're not going to win games. In fact, you're not going to compete. And Bino, that's the thing, and then we'll go to the phones. That's the thing that most concerns me about Saturday when I look back at it. It wasn't even a competitive game, Bino. Florida took the ball right down the field four consecutive times and scored, and that was the game. They didn't even try in the second half, Bino. They didn't even try in the second half. They just played beat the clock with us because those are the new rules. The new, the new, um, the new rules are make it more like the NFL game. You get three and a half scores up on somebody, Bean Star, and the game's over. It was weird, man. Like you said, we got outcompeted, outwanted, run over. I mean, what was that? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, it, it appeared that we were better defensively in the second half, but. They were so one-dimensional uh, that uh, I'm 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 not sure that any of what we saw was real. Uh, yeah, we we can defend uh, when all they're going to do is run the football. I I think legitimate concerns going forward. Legitimate concerns going forward are um, your depth at offensive line in year three. It should be better, uh, and we we shouldn't look in the secondary. And see the same guys playing, uh, red shirt seniors, uh, that basically oh, haven't been gosh. very good players in their entire time here. Those are the two biggest <laughs> concerns going forward, I, I, I believe. Uh, I think Tennessee's done a little better job recruiting offensive linemen the last two years from a high school standpoint. Uh, well, last year and what we think we've got coming in next year's class. Uh, but they do need to continue to go the portal. 
and go stronger to the portal to get guys ready to play right now. Yeah, and this is going to be a real this is going to be a real interesting offseason here. And look, if we hear that some other guys have developed, I'll share that with you, but right now, nah. I was told yesterday the pipeline is and I'm not counting the true freshmen cuz you really don't know what's there yet. The guys in this class, but the last couple, they don't have they don't have anybody. They don't have anybody they think's going to play next year. Nobody, none of them. You mentioned you mentioned Florida's second half approach. It's kind of strange how Tennessee went from a team that scored like they did to one where a team has 26 points at halftime and they think, well, that's probably enough to win and they're right. Bino said it. For people who thought that Hewitt's going to plug Joe Milton in and these receivers in and let the two guys off the last year's offensive line not be there, and you were just going to go and, li- and live happily ever after. I-, I was trying to warn you on. I- I'm not doing this, I told you so. But it's not even close to the same offense. It's not. It's just not even in the same ballpark. And you're right, Bino. The question is, what is this team now? Is this a 9-3 and three team? Is this an 8-4 and four team? Is this a 7-5 and five team? Is this a 6-6 six and six team? Is this a 5-7 and seven team? I mean, we're going to find out. Yeah, There's I sort of. Joe Milton was really troublesome guy the other night. When he kept run, letting that play clock run down, I don't know that I've ever seen that at any level of football. What are There's you doing? Sort of back to where they were pre-pit last year, where they got to show them every night. They got to show everybody and get credibility back. And, you know, Tony, you go back really – uh, with with Cooper's situation, you've lost your three best offensive linemen. Mm, that's right. Uh, and, and that would be an issue most anywhere. No doubt. Uh, but I do think it's a bigger issue here. And it's also it's also the very hardest position to get someone ready to play at an SEC level. It's just an upperclassman position, basically, unless you just got a Trey Smith or someone like that. Uh, so... You, you know, I, I, I wouldn't expect a lot of the high school guys that they've signed to be ready before next year. But, it, I mean, you have to you have to fill in otherwise. And well, they haven't done a good enough job uh, of that. When when you look at the 2D, yeah. um, you know, most a lot of guys listed on the 2D are listed starting at another position. Uh, and most everyone, the, the only... Uh, the only guy that's not a senior basically listed on the two deep is Addison Nichols at right guard. That That's it. The Being rest out. of them are Being seniors, red yeah. shirt seniors. Yeah. Uh, you know, your your depth should show some, uh, some underclassmen there, you would think. On Addison Nichols, I'm not trying to be funny here, but talking to people, he's going to play on the 12th of never here. And, and he's on your two deep. I'm telling you, for people to fire on this Ali Lane guy, when if he wasn't there the other night, you think it was ugly now? You could have seen what ugly would have looked like. I'm just telling you. People want to blame Ali Lane. Hey, you go for it. You go for it. I'm telling you right now, bad narrative. You don't have the story. Bad. Ali Lane could have easily told them, hey, you know what? 
I'm going to graduate. I made good. I came out of Gibbs. I played some. You know, I had a nice career. And now he's going to be known as a guy that was in that spot because their worst nightmare, which is another thing we talked about in the offseason, their, their worst nightmare was any kind of injury up front, any kind of injury. And they only had one. And it was that destabilizing. And here's the thing about Florida. Florida's not great. Florida's not great. Florida couldn't do anything against Utah, who were missing three players. Florida's not great. The other thing we did, and then we'll go to the phones. Bino, that is a constant in that Florida game, and you warned me. Graham Mertz rolled out there and looked like he was back in that U.S. Army All-America game where he got that MVP. He looked like he was right back. He grew so comfortable from their first series on, and we let him, for some reason, never heated him up, let him get comfortable. That was crazy. What are we doing? Were we watching film? I mean, no offense. What were we doing? Tony, I, I thought this was an eight or nine football team when the year started. Um, and uh, I, I, I don't want to understate what happened Saturday night because obviously there were some alarming things that happened Saturday night. Uh, but I, I don't jump from uh, thinking we're winning eight or nine football games to thinking we're winning five based on what happens in Gainesville. Because uh, it's just, it's just never a real good indicator of who we are. What happens down there, never has been. Uh, I still believe this team has an opportunity to win eight or nine football games. Uh, but if we are indeed the team that we saw the last two weeks, uh, that's unlikely. Uh, my hope is we're not the team that we've seen the last two weeks going forward. To the phones we go. It's going to be really interesting. It's going to be a really compelling season now from here. Obviously, Cooper Mays is going to come back at some point and um, hopefully stabilize things. We haven't even mentioned Joe Milton. The line is such an issue. To be fair to Joe Milton, if I took what you took off that offensive line, took those wide receivers from last year, and people are expecting you to play to last year's standards, that's not fair to anybody. And he was not exactly what you'd call great Saturday night. I'm not here to cover for the guy. But he, he, But in truth, in truth, how much of a chance did he have Saturday night? You're starting every series, first and 15 when it matters, first and 20. The, the one ball yeah, that he this... got picked off, you know, people are picking on him. He got hammered on that play. Hammered. Yeah, it's it's a it's a poor decision, Tony. I mean, that's a it's easy for me to say, but that's a sack he should just take. Uh, but uh, you know, Joe Joe Milton, uh, you this game certainly can't be laid at his feet. Joe Joe Milton is, you know, there's nothing really special about Joe Milton except for his size and his arm strength. He's gonna make some throws where you say, "Wow, what a throw that is." But I think Joe Milton is an average to below average field general. And, and this, this is unfair here because, and this is where Watson Brown was so right. Um, 
Hendon Hooker <clears throat> not only was a maestro at running this offense, directing this offense, but he's one of the few guys. He's one of the few guys that can go out there at that position and he raises the level of play of people around him. There's very few guys that can do that. So it's not fair to ask Joe Milton to be that guy, but he's not. He's not. And he probably is never going to be, truth be told. Let's go to the phones. And everybody wants to cha- I get it. Everybody wants to change quarterbacks. And what's Josh Heupel going to say in an hour? I got. He's not going to change quarterbacks. If he does, I'll be shocked. So let's go to the phones. And we'll get as many. Because I'm not even sure. You want to put Nico back there? Bina, you want to put Nico back there Saturday night against that group? Like people were telling me on Garcelaw fifth quarter fan reaction. I was fending all these angry people. No. I mean, are you kidding me? Uh, uh, Did they watch what I saw? Not. Until our line stabilizes a little bit, I mean, Nico's Nico's the future. I'm not I'm not putting him out there. To the phones we go. Let's get our first call in. Good Monday. Hello, welcome in. Hey, Tony Bano, it's Marty from Lenore City. How are hey, you? Marty, welcome in. Hey, Tony. Uh, first of all. Um, I want to thank you for keeping it real. I'm not sure you're cutting everything. Um, Saturday night, fourth quarter, I had to run over to my daughter's house to do something before she was out of town, so I just turned the game onto my phone and was listening to it on my phone as I went up there about eight minutes away. So I was up there listening to the game. The game ended, got in the car, flipped on the radio, and I don't know, within about three or four minutes, the main thing they said two or three times in the drive home, which just blew my mind, was, Tennessee's got a lot to look forward to and build on. They they only gave it 53 yards in the last half. And, you know, the broadcaster, you know, you know who it was. He kept going on about that. And I'm just like, oh, my God, did he not just watch the same thing I did? Does he, does he not realize they took the foot off the gas in the second half? I mean, I, I just was shocked at that comment that, you know, he kept making. Um, so, one, I wanted to get your comment on that. And then, uh, two, Quarterback play, yeah, it's down in the SEC right now. Would you think that Spencer uh, Rattler is probably the best quarterback in the league? Boy, he's single-handedly. you got to respect that. Yeah. I was wrong about him coming out of Oklahoma because I thought he was kind of a hot dog. I, I let the way he fools, or, or looks rather, kind of fool me. Boy, he competed Saturday. You talk about a guy with zero cast around him. Yes. In your in yes, Spencer Rattler jumped the chart is jumped up the charts big time in my book and I want the living Vaughn fan to ask themselves this you look at quarterback play in this league which is not good. Where do you rank Joe Milton right now? I mean I'm we're gonna do it today because we're a guy or things to talk about, but I want you to think about that in your mind. We'll do that later in the week. Just kind of going, okay, where would you slot? Because it's kind of an interesting thing. Look, Alabama doesn't have one. They don't have a quarterback. Alabama would take Joe Milton right now. They would take him right now. Seven days out of seven. They don't have anybody that can play in this league, it doesn't look like. Which is weird. And also, Tony, I think it looks like uh, Spencer has matured a lot, too, because wasn't he kind of a... Yep. I'm not going to say troublemaker. He kind of, kind of a 
all about me. A little bit of a hothead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A kind of a dig me, kind of a hothead yeah. at Oklahoma. And he's none of that there. No, he's really grown up. Bino, did you see them over the weekend? He was really impressive, Rattler was. Yeah, well, I, uh, it's it's obvious from late last year to early this year that in the biggest games they play, uh, he plays at his best. Yeah, he steps it up. Marty, you're my man. Thank you. As, as hey, to hey, what, Tony, Tony. The Vol uh, Network one thing. More thing. Yeah, go ahead. On, go the, ahead. on the way out, um, I think Colorado, you know, yeah, they're going to, you know, they're a little run, you know, they've had fun, that's great, whatever, but uh, I think their run's coming to an end. But if it doesn't, I'm just wondering if uh, NCAA is going to approve him putting a stripper pole on the sideline, you know, to make sure, you know, to, to go along with all the crowd he's got there on the sideline. I just couldn't believe that the other day when they kept going down there and just showing the entourage there. It's just, it's just mind-boggling. Thank you, brother. That's Good talking to you. The Rock was down there. Everybody's on their bandwagon. I'm a guy that loves hey, an yeah. underdog story, which Dion started the season as an underdog story. He's now become establishment, which is kind of annoying to me. I don't know how to feel about it. Uh the Colorado-Colorado State game, for those of you that watched it, is why college football is the greatest sport on the planet. And I like the NFL. NFL can't touch college football. Can't. You're talking about two teams that are kind of uh, mid-teams that played so hard, went at each other so hard. There was such passion in that game from day one, from the first minute. And, and my line was that, the cheap shots that were flying early in that game, Kamal Haddon will watch that game, and it will t- it it will be adult. It will be uh, very. Uh, uh, it'll come with a restricted rating for Kamal Haddon. Let's put it that way. Go ahead, Brian. Travis Hunter is going to be out for three weeks, there by the go. way, and they've got some pretty tough games to deal with in that stretch. Yeah, Travis Hunter, the five-star kid that goes two ways, assigned with Dion when he was at Jackson State, number one player in the in, in so, America. Uh, he got hammered over on the sidelines, had to go to the hospital. Bino, did you see any of that game? Because that was a nasty, and I mean nasty, football game. Yeah, I watched, uh, I watched it until um, Colorado State fumbled on their first possession deep in Colorado territory. And I figured that, that was their, they'd lost their opportunity to win that game. But uh, I saw where it went into overtime. Yeah, it was a... Uh, uh, it, it was a bloodbath. And to the and I kind of like Dion because he triggers people. Like Marty's triggered by him. You could hear. I like that. I think it's kind of funny. But to a certain certain point. Let's go back to the phones. Because now he's like he's crossing into establishment territory. When you got the rock on your sidelines, I mean, give me a break. Hello and welcome into our next call. Marty's all right, Tommy. Hey, Philly. Welcome in, buddy. How, How you, you doing? doing? Good to see you, man. Doing good, Phil. We're going to be in Florida. When are we going to be in Florida? we got to get ZR on here to ask that age-old question. Hey, I'll tell you one oh, thing, Phil. Lord. Phil, I'll be glad when they come off our schedule because, like Bino said, they have really, really been a blight and been a thorn in our side for three-plus decades. So I, for one, will be glad to see the all-new SEC and that new scheduling in 2025, and hopefully yeah. they're not on our schedule. I agree, but uh, it's uh... – our two of our last three road games, we've been uh, totally dominated and outcoached by that guy, South Carolina, and, and Sun Belt Billy. 
Yeah, uh, Philadelphia. I, uh, I, I want, I want, I want Matt Dixon to take a little bit of his own advice. He he got on me about, uh, rightly so, about referring to Mullen as Meatloaf Mullen when he kept beating us. Well, now back to back, we've lost games to Frankie Jr. and to Sunbelt Billy. And if we're not yeah. careful, then it'll get us too. So, kind of, kind of calm down a little bit, Matt. Oh, oh, Basilio beautiful. family on Basilio family heat. <laughs> and I'm for this. I'm for this, Matt. Calm down, Matt. Grow up, Matt. Don't even got to give you credit for uh, all the stuff you said before the season. You said the offensive line was garbage, and it's, it's, it might be worse than garbage. I actually didn't say that, but Philly, I didn't know they would look like that. I just said they were very worried about them. I was very worried about them. Pump the brakes on people saying they were going to go ten and two or eleven and one, and nine and three would be a great season. And guess what? If this coach can get this team to nine and three with the personnel they have, that will be Philly a great, not good, a great season. I never dreamed in a million years, Phil, they'd get blown out like that against Florida. And they got blown well, off the field. That's what happened. The problem is we got more problems than that. We got a problem at quarterback. We got a problem at uh, linebacker. We got a problem in the secondary. I, how many more problems we got? We, and the receivers can't catch the ball half time. So, I, I mean, this thing's uh, – and then we, the, Hopple's had a problem since he's been here about us getting penalized, and that hasn't yeah. been taken care of yet. Yeah. Well, when you're scoring a million points, you can go out there and be one of the more penalized teams in college football. When you, when every yard counts, and you've got the offense we have, uh, there is no margin. You've got to be better. So that's a good point, well, Phil. Just, let's go ahead and look to the future. The, the key game for the rest of the season is South Carolina. You lose that game, you're, look, you're staring 6-6. Six six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. You're exactly right. And they got Rattler. That's, and y'all may be right. He may be the best quarterback in the SEC. It's got to be him or that Daniels kid at LSU who toggles between, depending on the week you watch him, either the greatest quarterback mm-hmm. in the world or a guy that's going to get replaced and lose his job to Nussmeyer. Go ahead, Bry. The way he played Saturday, I have to put him right now number one in yeah. the SEC. He toggles he... back and forth. Depending on the week you watch yeah. him, he's kind of like Joe Milton. You know, Joe Milton is a guy that if you watch him throw three or four balls a game, looks like an NFL Hall of Famer. Till you watch him try to manage a huddle, manage the clock, manage the game, stay in the game, stay focused in the game. Phil, I've never seen a guy let a clock run down like he did three times in a football game Saturday. Three times. Yeah, and what's even worse is uh, that referee. And, uh, oh my God, when he kicked that ball, it really went close, or we'd really be complaining uh, today. Well, and to your point, Phil, I refuse to be somebody who would blame uh, that game on officiating. The officiating in that game was awful. That call on McCastles was terrible. They missed a, p- a couple pass interferences downfield. They let Florida clutch, grab, and hold. Which you know what, Tennessee secondary should have been doing that. If you're going to allow that to go on, they let Florida hold at the line of scrimmage. Tennessee's offensive line should have been holding at the line of scrimmage. If they're going to allow that kind of stuff to go on. If they're going to call Castle for what he did. This this is the SEC, 
the officiating is going to be uneven. Generally, uh, uh, at home, it's going to be one-sided, mostly for the home team. Uh, they were awful, uh, but they were better than us. Well, that's a good story. That's funny. That's a pretty good line, Bino. Well, that's, that's pretty good. Bino's been pretty good today, Tony. You got to give him a, a gold star today, you know. Well, he's spitting off some one-liners here. They're all going in the blog, especially the one about Matt Dixon. That was incredible. Oh, I love that. that was ripped him. All right, guys, I enjoy, enjoy hearing y'all getting with me there for a second or two. See you. Peace. 865-200-5402. Look, I got time for Basilio Family on Basilio Family Crime. And the, thing, the great thing about our crime family is that, is that nobody offs anybody. We just kind of all shake hands and look at each other and laugh and giggle. And that's, that's my kind of crime family as we continue with more after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. t Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett & Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 
Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big, no tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113 or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Automobile Keys is a local, family-owned and operated car key programming business. Whether you need a smart key, switchblade key, key fob, transponder key, or just a basic car key replacement, we're your best choice for affordable, programmable replacement keys in minutes. Give us a call at 615-878-9087 or visit our website at automobilekeys.com. You can email us at cody at automobilekeys.com. Automobile Keys is a proud sponsor of Whitthorn Middle School football. Come by our van out front after the game and say hello. Go Tigers! Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They're timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. I've got our favorite grocer, Mr. Miles Johnson, on the line. Miles, how's everybody doing today at Foodland? We're doing great. How about yourself? Oh, I'll tell you, I'm doing fantastic. You guys always have some great deals over there. What do you got for us this week? Well, this week we have New York strip steaks, five ninety nine a pound. Iceberg lettuce, a dollar forty nine each. Sweet onion, three pound bags, two ninety nine each. Nestle Pure Life water, twenty four pack, three for ten. And Coca Cola six packs, three for twelve dollars. All right, some great deals as always. And uh, as always, you guys are open seven days a week, seven a.m. till nine p.m. Did I get it right, Miles? Yep, that's right. Oh. All right. Again, you're located right there on West 7th Street. So everybody check in uh, the great deals and see what they got. And there's a flyer at the door. And the people are always very helpful there. So, Miles, as always, we thank you. We appreciate your time. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, okay? All righty. Thank you. Thank you, Miles. Once again, that was Miles Johnson from Foodland. Go check them out. They got some great, great deals over there. And uh, they will take care of you and uh, definitely have a good trip visiting with them. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. And we're just kind of picking up the pieces and uh, just trying to assess where this thing goes from here. We'll go back to our phones at 865-200-5402. I want to remind you, Friday, 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 race fans, race fans, we're going to be Calhoun's on the river, so if you're coming in for the game, please get out and see us. And Bino will tell you that's an absolute honor and a privilege, and there was a huge crowd there for uh, the run-up to the Florida game, and I just kind of felt a tough night coming. I never dreamed in a million years it would look like that, and now I'm just like, I don't know what to believe. I don't want to overreact to it. But that was a very, very troubling loss. It's not like he got beat on a last-second field goal, competed hard, went out. You know, Tennessee just didn't. They didn't look. I don't know. Back to the phones we go. Hello and welcome in. They look like Tennessee and Gainesville. That's exactly what they look like. And I thought Heupel was going to make us immune to that. Hello and welcome into our next call. What's up, guys? It's Greg from Atlanta. 
Hey, Greg, good morning, or good day to you. Good morning. Hey, I, uh, I missed that big time, but I've got, I've got like a million things I could talk about. Uh, is there any way you can let me get through four real yeah, quick? It. Go for it, man. All right, so what gets you in deep trouble in the SEC as a head coach? It's continuing to allow your coaches that aren't pulling their weight to stay on your staff. Correct. Great Woody Woodenhofer, the great Woody Woodenhofer once told me, if you want to get fired in this league, hire your friends. The late great Woody Woodenhofer, and that is the truth. I'm just wondering if Ellerby, I know he's been with him a long time. That is his, I'm going to tell you what, that is his boy in life. They are thick. Those two guys are thick as thieves. People thinking that they're going to move off that offensive line coach anytime soon. You, as Rob Halford once said, you got another thing coming. Well, then he's then he's standing right in the firing line if they don't get any better. Because, like you said, we have four and five star offensive linemen in here all the time, and at the very end, they pick somebody else. So either he can't close, or he can't coach, or he can't do both as a recruiter. The second thing is. Willie Martinez and Tim Banks. Tim Banks was about to get fired at Penn State when he got hired here as the defensive coordinator. He wasn't the coordinator. He was the co-coordinator mm-hmm. who did defensive backs. And he keeps sticking five out there. I don't like calling people out, but Haddon is a disaster. And if you can't put any of the young guys out there, then you, once again, missed in recruiting. You're just getting numbers. You're no, not getting, no, I hear those stars. guys. I hear the, guys actually, play. I hear those guys can play. The guys in the freshman class, they feel pretty good about. In fact, we talked. Arnsworth and myself kind of went back and forth today on the blog. Very, very excellent blog today from him, from him and me. We were just going back and forth in an honest way, talking about what we saw, and then comparing notes with various people uh, that we had spoken to. Uh, since this game, and, and I got to tell you, Tennessee did play uh, a youngster over the weekend in their secondary, but the truth is he played well. Why not give more guys an opportunity? Ricky Gibson acquitted himself well. Give other guys an opportunity to play. And I saw... Uh what um judy lawley or yeah he played pretty good and that and that his he didn't get to play much last year right he's uh or was he one of the ones that came in yeah he's a transfer that's right though okay yeah well yeah i mean he hadn't played before yes that's right that's new blood new blood yep and i mean we've seen kamal Haddon. we've seen um tank mccullough he could play the run he can't play anything else God love him. I mean, he's he plays his heart out. He's just not. He just keeps making the same mistakes. Uh, one of the other things is we had a we had a running back uh, in the very first game. Uh, he scored four touchdowns. Yep. In the second game, he had three touches. He had, he didn't even get in the game. What what is going on there? He's the speediest and shiftiest of all the running backs we have. I was told yesterday by a source that he was extremely upset and had expressed that. 
what I found out is the reason the reason that he didn't see much time in, in that game of consequence is that they don't trust him to block. They still don't trust him to block. We'll only put him in there when he's getting the ball then. Wow. I mean, there was plenty of times we, we set up in a running formation and just ran the ball. Then, we then you know what the, they're going to do if they did that. The but defense they, would know, but well, they, he's getting the ball. They don't trust him to block. I like him. I would figure out a way to get him in the game and get and, and swing balls out flat to him. He's our one back that could take it to the house when he touches it. If any of those yeah. guys can, he's the guy. And even if you're even if you're running him out for a screen here and there, yep. put him in the slot. I just don't. I mean, he obviously has a nose for the end zone. You got to get those. You got to get those guys the ball. Whether he can block or not, the offensive line wasn't blocking either. And Brother so, Bino made I a mean, great point. What's the difference? Our our backs competed in the second half. Wright really ran hard and small. Those guys were finishing runs. Those guys did not go down at first contact, as they've done in the past at times. Those guys tried to finish runs and played very hard. So that oh, yeah, nothing that has to be appreciated here. Oh, absolutely. No, I, I like all of our backs. I was just wondering why that he wasn't getting, you know, any touches when he put it in the end zone four times in the first game. I'm not sure and he like even got said, on the field. Not only did he not get any touches. I don't think he did. No, he did not get in the game. I don't think he did. I mean, you got to have some kind of package for him. Like you said, he's the one that can hit the home runs. And, and the last thing is, yeah. what in the world are you playing zone against the statue quarterback for that you know is a very smart quarterback. If you sit back there, he's seasoned. He may not be the greatest quarterback. So strange. He's going to pick that zone apart every single time. And when 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 Kirk Herbstreet says, how are you going to not motion with Ricky Pearsall? That lets you know they're 100% zone and they're outflanking you every time. He said that four consecutive plays, and they got him the ball four straight times. I give, Herb Street, I give Herb Street a lot of credit, and I appreciate the call. Thank you. First of all, he was excellent Thursday night on the NFL, on the Eagles game. Just he was excellent. His analysis was excellent. And he was calling our game straight up, right on the money, exactly as he was saying. And he was just, it was confounding to him the things we were doing defensively. And Bino, the Mertz guy, that fits so into the Florida pattern, doesn't it? To not heat him up, to let him grow his legs to the point where he's pump faking and like Fran Tarkington out there running around. He's just out there just comfortable as he could be, just a day at the park. What are we doing? Uh <laughs> Uh, it, it doesn't matter who's behind center for them down there, Tony. It doesn't matter. Go back to our phones. Just trying to get it out here. On a day where I've kind of defended Ollie Lane, who people want to draw ire. ire uh, the interesting thing is Tennessee has an offensive lineman that gets arrested or cited for simple possession, they demote him. 
but they bring them on the trip. They don't use them in the offensive line in a night where the offensive line's struggling, but they play them on special teams. Does that make any sense to you, Bino? Because that makes no sense. That's almost like Heupel's timeout at the end of the game to prolong the agony. What are we doing there? Yeah, I thought that was a mistake for Heupel to do that, Tony. I think uh, Napier called a timeout that they didn't need to call to let their folks kind of soak in the victory. And I think that Heupel just kind of tried to outread him there. And it turned it, it turned it into something ugly. Yeah, I shouldn't have done it. Back to the phones uh, we our, go. Our timeout yeah. usage uh, was questionable wherever we used them, whenever we used them. That's the most ironic thing. That was the third timeout, the last timeout of our game, and he used it. <laughs> we already came on the air. I mean, if you go back and listen to the start of our program, I was so sick of that thing. I was like, we're just starting. So for future reference, when we get one of these blowout signature games, and I'm sick of it. I'm going to jump on a minute or so early. So you can, uh, you, you might want to hit the app and come on over. Let's go back to our phones and get our next call in on our Monday edition. Hello. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. It's Tennessee Wolf. What's up, Wolfie? I tell you what, um, I was down in Gainesville in 2019. I was down there for Jeremy Pruitt's last game in Gainesville. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the fans down there, they expect to beat us. I mean, that's just the way it is. And they even, I had a bunch of them even tell me, say, we wish you guys would kind of get back where uh, we can, where we can have a rivalry again. But we're back there now. But here we go once again. And it's the same result. We lose down there. And so I think that the fans expect it. The, the players expect it. The coaches expect it. Every time we go down there, I don't care how more much more talent we have than they do they expect to win and they always do it's amazing how that turns out we're like fodder to them i thought it'd be different vegas thought it would be different but the people that do it for money knew better you know and that's something the people that do it for a living with the syndicates etc who they call the sharps that line went from seven to what you know at kickoff Five and a half, I believe. A lot of movement. I, want, I tell you what. Yeah. I tell you what. They better get that offensive line fixed. I mean, that that's your problem. People's blasting Milton. Yeah, he didn't look good. That's true. He didn't look good, but there's a much deeper issue going on there. I'd be afraid to put Nico behind that line right now because I tell you what, if you get him in there against a real quality SEC team, he's going to get killed. Yeah, it's um, it's a pretty good way to get hurt, I would say. Well, I mean, as disappointing as that is, it's just one game, of course. But, you know, we need this week, we know they're probably going to win. Should win conventionally, but the way it is lately, you never know. But what, where we're really going to see signs of how the season's going to go is the next week against South Carolina. If we allow them to come in here and beat us at our home stadium, we're going to be due for a pretty long season, a season where we could end up 6-6, six and 7-5. Six, and five. And I hate to say that, and I would have never thought that at the beginning of the season. But right now, I'm, I mean, I was saying 10-2. Hey, I'll admit it, but what was I wrong? I see now 7-5, and 8-4, and, and if they, like you said, if they get to 9-3, that's one heck of a coaching job they've done over there. That's where I was all all off season, nine and three, 
was going to be an A-plus for me. But I, di- I never dreamed that offensive line would look the way that it did Saturday night in that spot. I mean, that was just not – that was not on my Singo card. So They were atrocious, Tony. I mean, I don't want to blast them. I don't want to blast the young, young men, but that was atrocious. I mean, that really was. I mean, and so I, they've, got to have, they've got a lot of work to do. And, you know, to see where it goes from here. But um, if they don't, it's going to be a long year. I mean, we, we we said at the beginning, and that was one of my biggest concerns with the offensive line. And, uh, boy, if it ever showed up. And I never would have dreamed it had been this bad because if you can't win in the trenches, you ain't going to win at all. Well, it's pretty wild, man. It is utterly, this thing is utterly insane. It just is. And, uh. You know, pretty pretty dispiriting as well. Thank you, Wolfie. I have to wonder if if they have a Caden Salter or a Tavian Jackson, somebody who can run yeah. when the line breaks down. If they would have, if that makes a difference, and maybe even throw a little bit better. Talk about a punishment, guys. That isn't. Bino, does the name Dylan? Duggan, ring a bell to you, you uh, Lenore uh, Cityite. I I read that he's from Lenore City, Tony, but I don't I don't think I know him. Dylan Duggan is the grand prize winner after going on to the field. And Dylan, if you're listening, we'd love to talk to you because I want to say kudos to you. You showed some fight. About three minutes left in the game. He wanted to rush the field in his own way, show a little fight, show a little passion. He's been told that he has a three-year suspension. He is banned for three years from Florida Field for rushing the field the other night. You talk about a punishment. They say there's silver linings in every cloud. Well, I'm not sure where the cloud is there. Ain't that the truth? If I if I'd known that, hell, if I'd known that, I'd have rushed out there in '91, saved myself the rest of the day. <laughs> well, you take know, a swing, uh, hammer and sickle, Steve Spurrier, Bino. You know, Tennessee's football team keeps going onto that field, and they never get banned. I wish they'd have gotten banned from going down there. Good night, Almighty. Tony, I'm not a white, I am not a white flagger, not by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but I'm with you on this one. That's the only good thing about conference realignment to me is we'll probably be reduced to going down to that hellhole once every four years instead of once every, every two. Yeah. And it won't hurt us badly. You know, this annual beating. Taking like an ant, ant, ant. and it might cure us. Might cure us. Might cure us. Back to our TLD logistics hotline. Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. I want to say first of all, hello to my old brother from another mother, Jeff Bino Henderson. I appreciate your courtesy at Calhoun's on the River, Bino. That was all right, man. Oh, Florida man, it was it was a pleasure to meet you, and congratulations, Florida. You all whipped our high nymph. Yes, sir. Tony B, you talked about you talked about Murph that high wasn't nothing, man. 
Brooks hadn't thrown an interception yet. Um. Yes, you're right. And we, you should be crying. You should be crying that get Nico in there right now. No, no, I don't want to hurt a young quarterback. Eight million dollars, Tony B. Well, we don't know what the figure is, but I don't want to hurt a young quarterback. I don't care if it's eight billion dollars. It doesn't. I just you play him when he's ready. I think they'll do that at some point this season. I think what happened the other night is. It's not if Joe Milton keeps the job, but now it's just for how long. I mean, you can't take that many. You cannot before halftime. And caduce to you for winning, but also you called the Milton thing as well. Look, you can't before halftime when you're trying to get back in that game run a play clock all the way down to one second. And, and Kirk Herbstreet's up there screaming, they just wasted 25 seconds. That is just something you don't see in a football game. You don't see anybody do that. Let, you don't see a third-team quarterback do that, let alone a starter. That's just not being a serious. That's just not being a serious person on a football field. I'm sorry. Here's another thing, bro. Y'all, I'm not gonna blame totally on Joe Milton. That coaching was atrocious, bro. It was bad. That Josh Heupel just—he had—he's been exposed, bro. He's oh, he hasn't been exposed. He just doesn't have he's a quarterback and a line, he, and it's just like Pino like said, it's early in the year, and they just weren't ready for it. He hasn't been exposed. Come on, man. He's still a great coach. Tony B. You, hey, you would trade with us tomorrow. If I said Hypo for Amish Billy, you would trade tomorrow, and you know it. No, I've been giving, I've been giving Napier a hard time, bro. But y'all got to give him a hard time when he messed up, Tony B. He was like a during I have life. been giving him a hard you know, time, but he's not. You got to ter- get him at a hard time. And, and everybody's going back to last year. He don't have the same players that he had last year, Tony B. He don't have them. Only one he got was Bruce McCoy and Keaton caught a good one. But that's it. He didn't have nobody, Tony. You know that, bro. Get, get on his butt. Hey, Brian Hartman, you are the keeper of the records. Now, Florida the other day guessed a score. Only two callers picked the Florida Gators. It was uh, Florida and Aussie Gator. Brian, who's the copper card winner? Just out of curiosity. You have that near you? I believe the winner is... Uzi Man, I'm sorry, Florida. Oh, man, you got hosed again. Close, but no cigarette, hey, brother. The rap he had got 20, well, he had 24 17. Uh, Ozzy Gator did, and that makes him winner, winner, chicken dinner in Florida. That means you need to come down Friday and buy uh, me and Beanstar lunch because you guys won the game. I, I, will, I will do that. I will do that for sure because I had, I had a ball down there with you guys, man. And you know what? I'm going to be there every Friday from now on. Well, don't expect to get on the mic every Friday. I don't want to get on the mic. Because I'm going to tell, so, tell you something. They were coming for me. I took some serious blowback. I got some hate emails from people that wow. just don't have a sense of you know, People just don't have a sense of humor. Why are you putting that Australian guy on there? And why are you putting that freaking Florida fan on there? But I will say this. There were several callers here tonight on our Garza Law fifth quarter fan reaction that said that they appreciate your spirit. And they were kind of happy that you won a game. So I'm not one of those people. 
I'm not one of those people that's happy for you because now I got to listen to you. Hate, hate, well, you have a Dwight Gooden, thank you. Have a good Monday. Josh Heupel coming up. He'll meet the depressed. It's all ahead. Hour two on the radio. Congratulations to Ozzy Gator. Is it Aussie Gator? How do you say it, Bry? Like Ozzy Newsom? Uh, Ozzy Smith? What Uzi is it? Gator. Uzi Gator. <laughs> this is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons and we run his dealership and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. 
let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. There are so many problems in the world right now that we can't do anything about. But the hunger crisis in southern Middle Tennessee is not one of them. You can join the Well Outreach Food Pantry in responding to help feed our neighbors in need. Kids, moms, and dads, and grandparents with nothing to eat. For just $30, you can provide a week of groceries to feed a local family in need. Give hope to the hungry right now. Thewelloutreach.org thewelloutreach.org. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. T to the B back with you. Josh Heupel going to meet the depressed coming up in a matter of five. We got time to get squeeze a call in here. Hour number two. We're heading for TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime as it's hour two on our show. We'll take uh, Coach Hyper coming up here, who was anything but Hyper, uh, the other night. Uh, as he was, um, he was about as despondent as I've seen him after that game. Let's get our next call in. I, I'm wondering what kind of tenor he comes with today. Hello and welcome into our next call. Tony, it may be the depressed meets the depressed. Uh, I've never seen Coach Hype look so utterly despondent, rejected. Uh, it was abysmal. This is Taylor Tony. Um, you know, I, I try to talk myself into a, uh, a Vols victory, but if you recall, anyway, I felt like Bino that, uh, that never matter. Doesn't matter what Florida looks like, how many talented players they have. Uh, they always, uh, play their A game versus Tennessee. And, uh, like a lot of callers, I tried ferociously to get into the fifth quarter. Garza show, but uh, was unable to get through. Oh, sorry to hear that. One of, one of your, it just means you're popular, Tony. One of your callers stated that um, it's like Kentucky when they play Tennessee. Mm. It doesn't matter how down we are and how up Kentucky is. We mm. always find a way to beat them. I feel like uh, the Gators uh, are, uh, are Tennessee to Kentucky. There are, they're, they're, they always find a way to win. That was gut-wrenching to get dominated like that, Tony. Just absolutely dominated. Offensive line looked absolutely putrid. Um, our coaching staff, uh, frankly, got out-coached and out-classed. It felt like five losses, Tony, when you lose 21 straight times, straight years. or, or Boy, it did. Straight years, but 11, straight year, 11 straight 11 times. Straight years on the, road. the last one was that 2001 Classic. No, 2003, I'm sorry. We had one two in a row, which is just remarkable when you think back on that. And Casey Clawson. Casey Clawson did it twice in a row. I mean, he is the winner of all time. And, and you know, the thing feels like five losses because it deflates. It's just so deflating. The way they looked, the way they played, the way the offense looked, everything we believed to be true, a lot of it just kind of went out the window. It's sad. Tony, it did, and I don't want to be doom and gloom, but uh, this is a little cathartic to be able to vent. Um, you know, I said that you know nine and three would be acceptable as long as one of those three losses was not to Florida. Uh, we got a lot to do to make up and, and salvage an acceptable season, and I realized we lost a lot of talent to the draft, but um, you know, we, we should. This is not the year. I, I have a, 
friend who's a bull gator, diehard, and uh, he told me he thought Tennessee would win by two touchdowns. And he is mo- he's the most optimistic uh, Florida fan I've ever met in my life. So interesting. They were, they were acknowledging a, a loss, Tony. They didn't think they could win. But the Swamp, I'll tell you, uh, wow, that environment was, was unbelievable. It was neat on television. The thing that, yeah, yeah, it was there. really neat. You, were you there? No, no, I was not. Oh, yeah, it was neat looking on television. Yeah, their, their yeah. visual presentation, they've really upped their game there. The problem is their stadium is still in Gainesville, Florida, which happens to be cesspool. one of, yeah, it's either the cesspool of the south or at least an armpit, if not a cesspool. Well, Tony, how, how do you think we're going to rectify? I mean, there there was, as I heard, some silent suspensions. I think we're going to find Slaughter was suspended. Um, uh, Mincy has got to be the, the oddest suspension of all time. You're going to play we're special teams. Yeah, it's You're going to play special teams. You're going to make the trip. You're not going to play an offensive line. Either, either so you're suspended or not. You, you don't, you know, I almost don't think you do that. And granted, we don't know the details behind the scene. It just smells bad. And, uh, and then the answer, um, golly, the answer that I, I'm going blank on the player, he's a stud, asked if he was surprised by our undisciplined play. And he a linebacker. Him, he said, no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. That's, that's, an, that's an indictment, Tony. There's, something's not going, not, doesn't smell right. Taylor, and I, listen, I appreciate the call. Here's the deal. Video. Thank you. This team had a team meeting after two weeks. I mean, stop. Let's, let's everybody stop. Players only. And so Beasley's asked today, were you surprised by the chaos? And his response is, no. Next question. I mean, what what does that say? What's that mean to you, Bino? Veteran guy like that saying that. Were you surprised? Uh, no, Tony, I, I'm I'm not gonna read anything into one. I don't even know if he understood what the question was. It didn't look to me like he even understood what the question was. So I, I'm that I'm not gonna read a lot into. Um, you know, a, a, a team meeting is obviously strange after two weeks. Yep. Uh, I I think if it was a my thoughts were before the Florida game that if it was a, a team getting together and saying, hey, we're all stinking here. We've all got to step up. That's probably a good thing. If it was somebody pointing one unit pointing fingers to the other, it's a bad thing. Uh, it's a strange thing regardless. But I'm, I'm not reading anything into any one little clip that I see off of a press conference. Well, the team meeting deal, like Watson was saying last week, is kind of concerning. When you go play like that after you have a team meeting and the guy that called the team meeting can't get plays off, as Watson said, team meetings are okay as long as the right people are having the team meetings. Never mind. Back to the phones we go. As soon as Josh Heupel appears, uh, we'll jump there. But he's uh, not, not as of yet hasn't appeared. Hello and welcome in. Hey, Tony, it's Carter. Hey, Carter, good to talk to you. You too. Hey, Beno, how you doing, buddy? I'm gonna, I'm gonna hey, Carter, good to hear your voice. Yes, sir, you too. Hey, just real quick, just got a quick question. This is something that I've always been concerned about since Heifel came here and brought this system. 
was how do do we have offensive linemen that want to play or re- recruits that want to come play offensive line in this system where this fast break never huddle never stop I mean to me it just doesn't seem like it would be appealing to a vast majority of offensive linemen and kind of to some degree even defensive linemen or just defensive players in general given that they're you know on the field so much is that, is that a concern at all to you you know I've heard that whispered um and maybe that's part of it but I don't know. They're just not developing guys. I mean, in their classes, even guys they believe in, you know, when they take. Uh, so far, they just they're just whiffing kind of all over the place. Now they developed some of um, um, some of the guys that were left by Jeremy Pro's organization, but their own people they've they've sort of whiffed on to this point. Well, it just that just something I. You know, that, that doesn't really translate to the NFL. Oh no, 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 no. If that's if that's what your goal is, that's, you know, you're I, not. That's correct. Be a, a road grading, you know, offensive lineman. So I'm just curious about that. I know coach's coming up. I'll hop off. Thank you, brother. The the thing is, now we've heard that, but then they developed right into a first round pick. Can they parlay that into recruiting success at that position? We'll have to wait and see. Time will tell. So and far, can they develop upperclassmen that they recruit? That's right. Because if the answer they don't have any upperclassmen that they've recruited yet, the answer to that question is: you're in your third year. There should be a couple guys in your offensive line that you recruit. I, I, you know, I, I would agree with that. But to your point, if the answer is no, 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 you better get into that transfer portal. You better be the first one. You better be tampering with people right now. Because that's the sport you play. You better be identifying and tampering in that order. Identifying today. Identifying a list of ten guys and tampering as we speak. Tony, why use that word? You better be calling people, uh, friends and family of other people that are on other rosters, whether it's like John Adams says, somebody that's playing in the Mountain West Conference on, on one of the top teams there, uh, an all-league type player in Conference USA. I'll remind you, Sunbelt Billy uh, brought a guy with him from the Sunbelt who's now in the NFL. Let's go to Josh Heupel now. I think we're in for a rather interesting day here in Knoxville as the screen has come up. I want to remind you that Friday, Bino and myself and a cast of thousands will be live on the deck out at Calhoun's on the river. You know, I'm not sure if you look at the needs they have. I'm not sure what the proper number of guys. Here he comes, Josh Heupel. We're not going to miss a word of this. TLD Logistics Hotline. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, General Nealon, um Probably said it best, the team that makes the fewest mistakes will win. Uh, we did obviously not uh, play to that standard on Saturday. Everybody in the building is disappointed. Uh, you can still sense it from the players today, uh, the disappointment and, uh, and hurt. Um, and uh, a lot of lessons for us to learn, and we better learn quick. Um, at the same time, those lessons got to carry forward, but uh, we got to watch this one too. We got a really good opponent coming in to, to Neyland. 
uh, this Saturday. Uh, it's a football team that's won a bunch of games over the last couple of years, experienced, uh, have playmakers, they're big, strong, physical on the line of scrimmage, both sides of the ball too. So it'll uh, be a really good test. I'll open it up. Coach, you mentioned disappointment in the building from the players and, and, and staff. Do you think a large part of that stems from just you know looking at knowing how many self-inflicted wounds there were, how many mistakes? Yeah, um, you look at uh, offensively, um, in particular. You know, we total you know self-inflicted wounds that can be penalties, that can be you know unforced errors, it can be communication. Uh, our percentage is way too high. Uh, it was on Saturday, and it really was the week before, too. And so, um, you know, that's why you move the ball at times, but you don't have very many points. Um, and uh, we got to clean that up. You, you can't can't beat yourself. Is there anything that you can do in practice to help kind of prevent those self-inflicted wounds, especially the penalties, or is it kind of just a reset, refocus, and a focus on the discipline? Well, I do think uh, you can't let one play affect another. Um, that certainly happened um, during the course of the, the first half in particular. Uh, the communication things just like, it can't transpire that way. And, you know, that's us coaches being better. It's players being better. It's better up front. And, um, at the end of the day, we got to find a solution to it. And, um, you know, I, I told the players this today, too. It, it's, it's not the big things, and, and those are big things, don't get me wrong, but it's the subtle details in, in everything that we're doing. And, you know, everybody can't take their turn of, of being off. And we got to become a unit that, that plays 11 together all of the time, defensively, too, in particular in the first half. But um, we're fully capable. We need to take a step forward quickly. Uh, just a couple questions on the Gerald Mincy situation. He didn't play on offense the other night. Was that punishment for the citation? Yeah, we just uh, decided not to uh, to play him on the offensive side of the ball. And, and why did he play on special teams? But yeah, no. we just made that decision. Will he be available to play on uh, on Saturday? Yeah, we got a long week here. We'll uh, we'll go through the week. Was Dylan Sampson available to play? He did not. He was. Um, he's been a little bit nicked up, but he was available. Uh, had plans of, you know, having him in the rotation. Uh, and I think on both sides of the football, um, the flow of the game, in particular in the first half, um, probably we didn't rotate the way we anticipated going into the football game and probably as much as we needed to, too. And how did you assess the offensive line when you went back and watched the tape? Um, at the end of the day, just not as consistent as we need them to be. Um, and that's really the entire offensive unit. I thought the wide receivers took a step in the right direction, um, you know, from, from how they had performed uh, the previous weeks. But uh, collectively as a group, just not as consistent as, as you need to be to, to go on the road, to play a good team, and uh, be able to move the football and ultimately score points. Like the, the self-inflicted wounds that goes into – you know how you're you're scoring in the red zone too, and and um, it's not a game of un, unlimited opportunities. You got to maximize them. You can't put yourself in you know first and twenty and and uh, try to play ball. Yeah, defensively uh, on third down, were they doing anything to cause you guys problems with shifts and movements? Was it bad communication? Was it just simple physical execution? I just talking about third down in yeah. general. 
Uh, so they had a bunch of third, third and mediums and third and long. They did early. Uh, we had them in some third and long situations too. And uh, our games, uh, he was able to get outside of the pocket uh, where we don't keep a contain on it. Um, we don't match things on the back end. Give up two routes uh, on the sideline when you know we're sitting in a hard corner. We should be all over that. So um, you know a little bit of the run fits. Um, guys were like not completely out of their gap, but their their eyes are caught in the wrong spot for a split second. They're a step, step and a half behind, and, and um, you give up a, a vertical thing. Coach, how, how did, when you went back and watched, how did you assess Joe's play, good, bad, otherwise? Uh, there's some, some real positives, uh, the efficiency, the communication, uh, handling all that. We have to be better. He's got to be better, and the guys up front got to be better, too, and so on our skill guys as well. You mentioned that not everybody can have their turn to be off. When you look at the first three games, is the needle moving on kind of what the, the biggest issue is, or is it kind of the same few issues every game? Um, the needle has moved uh, on some of it. Uh, some of it uh, from week two to week three didn't completely get cleaned up. Um, we got to grow and, and go. Um, you know, <clears throat> for, for our football team, I said this, like, Everybody sees the big picture stuff. The the small details is where this game's got to be won and played, and we have to get better at that. Josh, how important is it to to operate in your offense to be able to escape the pocket and throw off platform and sort of create plays from that quarterback position? Extended plays are a big part of any offense in today's game because of what you're facing up front. Uh, the pressure packages that you're inevitably going to see, uh, the ability to move, make plays with your feet, is a part of the game. That can be tucking it and running it. It can also be extending and making plays, you know, outside of the pocket where you're throwing the football down the field. Josh, I know you can't replicate crowd noise on the road in the SEC, but in practice throughout the week, what are some things you can do to try to prepare for that? Um, we've done a lot of things. Um, need to ramp it up, I guess. Uh, and when I say I guess, we can only intensify it. Um, we got to be able to function better than we did. Part of that is the noise. Part of it's being able to reset from one play to the next. That's the, the hardest part to replicate during practice. I guess most of us who aren't football coaches probably look at a, a quarterback's play as was this throw accurate or did a guy hold on to the ball too long or something like that. But as someone who obviously designed the offense. And, we look at that too. Yeah, but in terms of like all the other stuff that y'all do look at, right, in terms of you know managing, administering the offense, how, where is Joe in that part of the game? He did some really good things the, the other night. Um, you know, the pick, uh, we can't just throw it up. Uh, he'd like to have that one back. Man, we got to be better in protection too in that, in that situation. Um, the decision making, where he's going with the football, I said it before the game. I sa I'll say it after the game too. He was in the right spots. Accuracy, like wide receivers being exact in their routes, all those things got to continue to improve for us to be as efficient as we need to be. Josh, on the short yardage stuff offensively, I know that was a point of emphasis heading into last year. You guys were good. You've had some opportunities in all three games in fourth and short, and it's not gone well at all. What, what do you look at there? What, what's kind of happening in fourth and short? Yeah, um, 
some of those scenarios are, are different as far as what happens. Um, a lot of it, um, we internally, like, we have to execute what we're doing. And that's where we're targeting, how we're targeting them, uh, the fundamentals of it. We have to execute better in some of those situations. Some of those things, we've practiced those exact looks. And at the end of the day, coaches and players, we got to get to where we need to be. You have to execute on third down. Third and short should be a situation where you're picking it up, you know, 90% of the time. And we got to be better in those situations. Early in the week, but what does UTSA look like on film and in your studies, and how different are they offensively from one quarterback to the next? They play two. Yeah, I, I haven't studied a ton of them on the offensive side of the football. I have watched them, um, uh, you know, in recent history. The the quarterback that is their starting quarterback is a special player. Uh, it's a football team that's won two back-to-back -back conference champions uh, ch championships. They've won ten plus games the last two years. Um, they've lost a couple of close ones this year, but they're a really good football team. They play extremely hard. They play with really good fundamentals. They make you beat them. Uh, this would be a this is a really good football team that's coming in Neyland on Saturday. It feels like you guys are moving it between the twenties, putting up quite a bit of yardage, but failing to get into the end zone. What what do you think's holding you back? And then once you go back and watch the film, what what did you like out of what Ricky Gibson gave you the other night as a freshman? The uh, the efficiency in the red zone, the lack of it, and it's been a huge part of our success since we've gotten here, directly correlates to the self-inflicted wounds that I was talking about. That, like you can't, you can't beat yourself. You're playing a good opponent. Like in a boxing match, they're going to hit you once in a while. you got to hit back, but you can't just give them free reign. And, and um, when you put yourself in those types of situations, man, it's really difficult to overcome. That's true in the open field, but it's really difficult when the field starts restrict restricting. We're capable of being better than we are. we we got to get there quickly. Ricky uh, went in the ball game. Um, he's somebody that is continuing to gain trust uh, from our, our coaching staff. Uh, he's athletic. He's done a good job on special teams. Uh, got an opportunity to play some on, uh, on Saturday night on, on defense. Uh, I said it to him today. We need him to, to grow quickly. After the game on Saturday, Brew McCoy said a loss like that can light a fire under the team. Have you seen that urgency since getting back from Gainesville? Yeah, we're just getting going in this week. Um, the first thing is it better hurt and better matter. Uh, you can see that uh, from our players yesterday and today. Uh, I think I said it earlier. At the same time, all those lessons got to move forward, but you also got to wa wash this one clean. You know what I mean? When, when our players come back later today, uh, we got to move on to the next one. That'll be really important for us as a staff and and as a as a program. Josh, you had talked the first couple of weeks about liking the tackling uh, on on the defense side yeah. of things. Safe to say, Saturday was kind of a surprise, and, and when you, when you went back and watched, what led to the tackling issues? Yeah, the uh, you know defensively, there were a couple times where we got out of our gap, um, and when I say out of our gap, not that we don't we're completely missing our gap, just we're behind, and so. You know, a linebacker being a step behind allows that double team to be thicker than to climb up on the second level, and you create a vertical seam. And when I talk about the game being played in margins, those are the subtle details that I'm talking about that happen on the defense side of the ball and the offensive side of the ball. It's not a complete wholesale change. We just have to be more efficient in what we're doing. 
Um, the tackling issues, in particular in the first half, uh, some poor fundamentals, and um, a couple times where the, uh, the effort's not very good. Josh, when you're looking at the communication from sideline to booth, sideline to, to field, and those sort of things on offense, how do you gauge after the game whether or not that was that was efficient enough or is fast enough? Um, how, how do you guys as coaches do that? For us, like the efficiency of our tempo, we don't ever put a stopwatch to it. It's just how the bodies are moving, um, our ability to communicate, get lined up, get our cleats in the ground, identify who we're targeting, and all 11 guys operate in sync. Um, you got to be able to do that. Um, we didn't do it well enough, obviously, uh, on Saturday night. Thank you, Coach. Thank you all. Have a great afternoon. There you go, Josh Heupel meeting the uh, depressed. Bino, your thoughts on what we heard from the coach? Uh, heard uh, what I hope to hear. Uh, a frustration in the way that they performed at just about every unit. Um, no excuse making. Um, and just a little bit of, uh, uh, hey, I'm, I'm teed off about it and not going to try to hide it a whole lot. particularly offensively you could tell that he's um he takes this thing personally you know his offense is supposed to work it's his baby so i think what adam sparks is getting out there with that question is there seems to be some debate as to whether those plays were too late, too long in coming in, and that was leading to the timeouts. Or is it on the quarterback? He's trying to drill down there. Heupel didn't give any of that away. Did you notice that? No, I, 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 I think so far uh, Josh Heupel has done a pretty good job uh publicly of um, pointing out things uh, that are that need to be improved uh, without throwing any individual under a bus and you know the other thing is he's pretty much gone out of his way to look for things to compliment Joe Milton on while a lot of fans are extremely frustrated with him that's another narrative I take, which means to me they're not ready. They're just not ready to go off of him. Like some people want them to go off of him. They're, they're just not ready. You can tell. Well, he's going to be naturally protective of that position, Tony. It was his position. Uh, and he he also knows that it's, uh, uh, it's an area that people are going to, not that they shouldn't, but it's an area that they're going to focus on probably more than should be focused on, uh, regardless of whether things are going good or going bad. Back to our phone, we go. Yeah, you know he's he he knows he's had a drop off at that position. Hendon Hooker never needed for Josh Heupel to uh, kind of be um, 
a uh, a bulletproof vest for uh, Joe Milton needs him. Complete and total disaster at Florida is what that game was. Back to the phones we go. And and really, he didn't talk about Cooper Mays, and he's going to play or not. Cause we're not going to play that game this week. He didn't say he's back. We're not. We didn't play the game. Um. Anything else newsworthy come out of that? I don't think anything else really newsworthy came out of that. Brian, do we have a start time on the South Carolina game yet? We generally get that right about now. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Uh, he didn't say anything about Haddon either. So I'm looking for the South back Carolina the, start. Let's go back to the phones. I don't know what you're talking about. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey, Tone. It's Parker from Morristown. Hey, Parker. Welcome in. Hey, man, uh, I just want to get your thoughts on what uh, I think Adam Sparks asked a good question. Heupel didn't really like it. Or it, it maybe not liked it, but the Gerald Mincy. He did not model, like it. You, he did not like that even think, a little bit. But I thought, I thought Adam, you know, is, did a professional job. He just tried to clear things up, and I could tell that did not land well. Maybe I'm reading into it wrong. Oh, no, no, no. He, he did not like that at all. But Adam's job is not to be liked. Adam's job is to do his job because a lot of us are sitting here wondering, why would you punish a guy, bring him on a trip, not play him, but play him on special teams? None of that makes any sense to anybody. I mean, that's, no, a, I, that's a Jeremy Pruitt thing to do, not a Josh Heupel thing to do. It's weird. Very weird. Um, I, I don't know, Tony. It's just the offensive line is the biggest issue. I, and it, it was interesting about the quarterback play. And, and you were right about it, and I agreed with you. I tried to explain to my friends. Everybody just drank the Kool-Aid that Heupel was holding back on purpose for Florida. It wasn't that. He just he doesn't trust that quarterback. Yeah, and, you know, Bino, I mean, Bino had some fun with Matt Dixon earlier in the show, but – you know, Matt pointed that out post Austin P State University. Matt said, you know, you can't have a quarterback, you can't have an offense that's playing with a restrictor plate on it to that degree and tell me that you trust your, your offensive football team. You don't trust your quarterback, which they don't, and you don't trust your offensive line. And, and you know what? After seeing the interception that turned into really a definitive touchdown in that game. It was right in the middle of that spate of four for Florida. It's hard to doubt. It's hard to um, uh, not doubt, but what's the word I'm looking for? It's hard to blame them. It's really hard yeah. to blame them. Well, it, it's interesting to me, this office. You know, I work, I work in finance, so I get the idea of compounding growth, you know, both ways. And I mean, this offense is humming. It kind of compounds. You know, if you get a quick strike, it, it goes different, and then you get a bit, another bigger game, and it just kind of works like that. But it, I, I think it works the opposite whenever it doesn't hum. Whenever you go first and 15 because of a false start and you get eaten up at the last scrimmage and then go complete class, or incomplete class and it's third and long, those three and outs kill, really kill your opportunities. And then, I mean, I guess what I'm just trying to say is that Napier – figured it out. I mean, all you have to do is run the clock out, control time of possession, and really limit what Tennessee does. And the compounds a different way, if that makes sense. Well, in retrospect, to your point, 
Florida's drive, when they took six minutes off the clock to begin the game, ran 13 plays or so. Now, they missed a field goal, and it seemed kind of comical at the time, but it's a lot more than a footnote now because that's the way the game went. They just drove the ball on us. And and Heupel said something really interesting there in light of that game. He said, look, these offensive possessions are very precious, and you've got to do something with them. And uh, I think that speaks to that game. I also think it speaks to that sequence at midfield where we just run, you know, 20, 23, 24 seconds off the clock there and then take a timeout, and you're over there going, last year, you know where that ball goes? And I'm not, I'm not going to do this. It's not fair to this team. But, Bino, if you give last year's team the ball at midfield 45 seconds left, where's the ball going? Uh, down the field toward the end zone. Yeah. It's not going to sit there at midfield. Now, they might get a field goal out of it, might not, but you will be scared to give them the ball at the 45, uh, 55 yards away from pay dirt with 48, 49 seconds left and a half because that ball is going down the field. The other night it just sat there. And to me that is the biggest difference between this year and last year. And, and I like what you say about, because that is how Hypel looks at this thing. Hypel knows there's 60 minutes in a game, this many possessions. We're going to get the ball this many times in the first and second half. Their best stuff the other night was their scripted stuff on that first drive. After that, it was diminishing returns. Oh, no doubt. Um, and the whole the whole narrative about Hendon Hooker being some kind of system quarterback, I mean, that just puts it to rest. He's Police. phenomenal. Police, yeah, and it, the media that said doesn't have a grasp. That's that's another story. But uh, last thing I want to say, Tom, before I get off here, uh, not to disagree with really you or what people have been saying about Dion, but I'm just trying to keep it real. I think you do a good job of that. You know, if Dion was our head coach, you know, somehow if he was, and I don't want him to be, but to say if he was, we would all be loving his antics. Are you kidding? I just, Ah, you know, yeah, especially it. especially if you were as morbid as they've been for a quarter century. They've been down for so long, they didn't even realize people still cared about football. That place was jam-packed Saturday night. And I mean to tell you, those two teams were hitting each other like Florida State and Miami in the 80s. That's what that game looked like. And it was played at a well, really high level. I mean, could you imagine, Tony, if Eli Drinkafist, came on and said something about Deion Sanders as our coach, about making it about his mama doing whatever, and he responded the way he did, we would eat that up. So oh. I, I guess I'm calling out our fans. It's kind of it's kind of hypocrisy if you would love it if he's our coach and then hate it if he's not. So just try to keep it real time. Thank you, brother. Yeah, and my thing with Dion is I, I like the fact that he's made it. He's upset the apple cart in college football and made it look easy, which is really funny to me. I think that's funny. He's almost made a mockery. This has been Frank. going on. Yeah. This has been going on throughout the history. You, there are always guys that you'd love to have on your sideline yep. and hate that they're hate them when they're on the other. Yep. I mean, Steve Spurrier is an example of that from 40 years before Dion showed up. A Rod, I, was, I think yeah. Dion is great for college football. A Rod was one of those guys for you in baseball, Bino. You can't wait. You couldn't wait to get him in your uniform. I hated him in both. Frank, 
Frank Harris is listed as day to day for Texas San Antonio. Yeah, that's something. Uh, that's something worth monitoring because them minus Frank Harris the other day. Uh, n- no bueno, as they say in the trade. No bueno. No bueno. No bueno. We'll continue with more. I'll tell you what is going to be bueno. When we come back after this. We'll continue through our phone calls. The postmortem picking up the pieces on a Monday. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We've built long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job to defenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. 
We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Come see us Saturday, September 9th, and let your first cookout be on us. With the purchase of any grill, you will receive an Omaha Steaks voucher for 12 steak burgers and 12 beef franks free. We also will have hamburgers for the first 100 customers between 11 and 2 until we run out. Come see us Saturday, September 9th at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. This is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. I've got our favorite grocer, Mr. Miles Johnson, on the line. Miles, how's everybody doing today at Foodland? Oh, we're doing great. How about yourself? Oh, I'll tell you, I'm doing fantastic. You guys always have some great deals over there. What do you got for us this week? Well, this week we have New York strip steaks, five ninety nine a pound. Iceberg lettuce, a dollar forty nine each. Sweet onion, three pound bags, two ninety nine each. Nestle Pure Life water, twenty four pack, three for ten. And Coca-Cola six-packs, three for $12. All right, some great deals as always. And uh, as always, you guys are open seven days a week, 7 a.m. till 9 p.m. Did I get it right, Miles? Yep, that's right. All right. Again, you're located right there on West 7th Street. So everybody check in uh, the great deals and see what they got. And there's a flyer at the door. And the people are always very helpful there. So, Miles, as always, we thank you. We appreciate your time. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, okay? All righty, thank you. Thank you, Miles. Once again, that was Miles Johnson from Foodland. Go check that out they got some great great deals over there and now uh, they will take care of you and uh, definitely have a good trip visiting with them jim ross and you are listening to front porch radio wkom 101.7 located in columbia tennessee Forder against Ole Miss winning and maybe winning the west under lane kiffin because i'm gonna make a position statement on here right now i'm for that i think that would be so funny great humorous, terrific. I hope they go to Alabama this week and destroy Alabama, which could happen, by the way. I'm uh, for that. Seven-point line, Beanstar. Uh, like Ole Miss. There's no question. If you made me gamble on that game, I would bet on Ole Miss in that game. How are you going to win games for Alabama if you can't score? They make us look great offensively. Yeah, yeah, really, really bad quarterback issues there. I'd say they go back to Milrow, and that's where they need to stay. How bad did the guy from Notre Dame look, Pino? And Ty Simpson was okay, but you could tell he hasn't really practiced much, much in terms of, like, with that unit. But he was okay. But he certainly, he wasn't like, it wasn't Alabama level. And it was borderline SEC level. I'm going to say it again. Joe Milton would start down there. He'd get the ball and go the whole season. Yeah, their issues are worse than ours. And the dark guy 
is pretty underrated. Somebody reminded me on Garza Law fifth quarter fan reaction that Spencer Sanders was there as well. The kid from Oklahoma State that Tennessee was involved with, I think, for a hot minute in the spring, or they were thinking about getting involved with him. Whatever the story is, they probably weren't involved with him, but they were thinking about it. We were talking you about it on the air. You don't see QB like that transfer unless they, you know, and they did not even get to start I know. or play. Not even going to get That's a win. That's weird. Bino was saying we'll find out for sure on Saturday, but uh, yeah. I think Dark probably belongs up there in your top quarterbacks, if not your top quarterback in well, the league. If there's justice in this world, he knocked some of that brown shoe polish off Saban's head this weekend. Saban's, you, Saban's gone to a gold tone this year. His, his head looks like a penny, like a wheat penny, like 1922 wheat penny. Remember wheat pennies, Bino? Yes. Do you still look at pennies when you get pennies? Uh, no. Back to the phones we go. I remember when a penny used to be something. The saying used to be a penny saves a penny earned. What is a penny saved now? Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Tony. Yo. I've got a lot on my mind. I'm going to try to keep it uh, straightforward. Hit it. I, uh, I I think this guy is in an unfortunate situation, and I'll tell you why. I think a lot of us fans, you know, we've gone through Dooley and Pruitt and Jones, and I think during that era we had to uh, be a little bit removed from our emotion as a fan base, you know, and a lot of the fanatic has been taken away from the fan. And what I mean by that is, I think I think Heupel is at Tennessee in an era where the fans are more logical than they've ever been. Um, they're looking at everything from an objective standpoint because they've been hoodwinked and boy who cried wolf so much from a subjective standpoint that now when they watch a game, they're they're leaving their emotion out of it, or at least I, I find myself doing this now. I'll leave my emotion out of it, and I'm looking at it and saying, yeah, I feel like I know what's going on there. Um, and that leads me to this. I think if he's not careful and he doesn't get serious about the recruiting and he doesn't get serious about everything that goes on outside of the game, because I don't think there's any question that the guy can coach. You don't beat Nick Saban last year, 52 to 49, if you can't coach. I think offensively, you'd be a complete buffoon to suggest otherwise. But that might end you up being an NFL position coach, an offensive coordinator in the NFL like a Bill O'Brien, right? Um, I uh, I don't know. I think the, the thing that makes that loss Saturday night so bad is that you look worse than you did in year one in so many different ways and I remember calling in to your show a few year one after the Vanderbilt game and we just looked awful against Vanderbilt and I suggested that Tim Banks needed to be gone and here we are now and I feel like the guy's Maybe he's a little bit complacent as a coach, and he's a little bit too easygoing uh, when it comes to the 
the managerial off the field positions, and he's going to have to get a little bit aggressive, I think, uh, because it's not Joe Milton's fault that he's out there as a starting quarterback. Uh, in my honest opinion, it's a little bit of a mismanagement in the offseason to sit there and watch what you have offensively on that offensive line and at quarterback and not say, yeah, this is probably going to be an issue when we go up against the big three, Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. Um, and based on what Missouri and South Carolina is bringing to the table, they're very capable of beating us too. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on all that? I, I think you have an excellent phone call, and I want you to stay there because I want to engage you because I think it's very thoughtful. To the radio listener, I want to say I appreciate you. We're going to continue the conversation at tclub.team where we've got a 3,000-word blog up for you today.